0: Welcome everybody to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeff the Greek. Joined this season by... This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter?
1: I am on Twitter. I'm Jordan Eggleston on Twitter, at
0: JWEggleston7. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Everybody, thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast, Jordan. And I very much appreciate that. Um, I had a nice little Saturday. Uh, squad one barely whatever you know but the the uh special financing uh that i typically do on college football saturday went uh very well for me um my picks were three one and one boy did i get screwed uh we both got screwed on the on the push uh we'll get into that that's the maryland (laughs) ohio state uh amador hit and i guess basically what i want to say is uh I think I had a better Saturday than Mario Cristobal. I think that's fair to say. Uh I think the majority of the college football world had a better Saturday than Mario Cristobal. My oh, god. He Okay, can I say this? Obviously there's no defense of what they did. And like Big Kurt pointed out in our chat group. And this it, it especially out of shotgun to to us old school guys makes it look I, that dumb that that I don't even understand. worse. By the way, the uniforms they wore, they deserved to lose in a horrific way with those uniforms. Those are disgusting to me. It's the,
1: well, Hey, I've always, I've mentioned it on the pod many times. The football gods know, and the football gods were speaking. They deserve to lose that game because of the shitty uniforms
0: they were wearing. I like get it. Get it to yourself. Yes. I, let's just go with that theory because I think that's got to be something because it was yeah. so stupid. Um, <laughs> you know the old Friday Night Light scene where, like, whenever the home, uh, uh, head coach loses the game, the toilet paper is, you know, and like the fire, the coach is in his front yard. I hope people don't know where Mario Cristobal lives because it could be worse than that. There could be flaming bags of poo uh, on his front door. Especially
1: down in Miami, that fan base is
0: really vocal. So I mean, maybe on
1: social media, they don't show up to the
0: games, but <laughs> they sure do talk on social media. <laughs> That's the worst kind of fan that you just laid out right there. Um, I, I, I want to say this, no defense of the play is bonehead. Um, I'm a I guess I'm a little shocked at just how angry non-Miami fans are. I mean, people are are I ira- Do you think the reaction is just a just a touch over the top? I mean, if it's not it's your team, I, I find it
1: hilarious. I mean, that's kind of my point. When a when a team that's not my team does something completely buffoonish, I'm gonna laugh and make fun of it. I might be mad about that. That's great yeah, entertainment. On it. it is think about all the content we've now got on a Sunday because of that idiotic play. It's great. I love
0: it. Yeah. That. Uh, by the way, I don't even know if it was a fumble. I think he was down. Did you see that It replay? did kind of look like he was down. It did. And then if the game wasn't over right then. The t- other team needed to score a touchdown. Amazing. You know, breakdown in the secondary for that guy to even get open for the touchdown. I mean, th- this is college football. You know, and this is why every, even when you are a heavy favorite, even when you think the game is put away, if you've watched enough college football, you really can't. Unclench them them old butt cheeks until the game is completely over because you never know what these eighteen to twenty three year olds can pull off.
1: I think you were kind of emphasizing that yesterday afternoon in our chat again with the with the Iowa game. Yes. you were not comfortable in that game. No, ever, I was if not. I, were, if I remember, and that.
0: I had reason to be. And obviously, we'll <laughs> break that down a little bit. Um, but now, the last thing I want to say, and then we'll obviously move on to Big Ten football. Um, if we're trying to do the best thing for the players you know the quote-unquote student-athletes for miami i i I don't think you can fire the guy halfway through the season for that i mean they were having a good season up so i think that's an overreaction but you know that's that's what college football twitter does it overreacts
1: oh yeah that's not just
0: college football twitter that's the world (laughs) outrage society we have to be pissed about something if you're not pissed about something what are you really doing right all right let's go ahead and move into the big 10 football we had six games this weekend one on friday Five on Saturday. Three big teams were idle this week: Penn State, Michigan State, and Indiana. First game up was on Friday, October 6th. Nebraska 20, Illinois 7. The Huskers with 312 yards of total offense to the Illini's 310. Uh this game was a blast on Friday night to watch, follow on Twitter. The memes and one-liners were going everywhere. This was the Big 10 Westiest game to ever Big 10 West it was it my tweet that i put out was you are all going to miss the big 10 west and you don't even realize it yet <laughs> like the, 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 you got to admit i know you're not a big 10 west guy but entertaining shit to watch on friday oh night.
1: i mean i can appreciate the finer things in college football and a finer thing doesn't have to be a well oiled machine sometimes a car wreck is a is a finer thing in life it's fun to watch right These two teams were just Perfect for each other on Friday night. It just, it just was meant to be again. The yep. football gods were speaking to us, and this game Friday night delivered. Yes. And I gotta tell you, I tried warning
0: everybody in the gambling universe at the
1: wrong yes, team's favorite year. And I think I was proven right.
0: I think I yes, was proven you right. Did. This was
1: my lock of the week and it hit. So and it hit
0: nice, nice work. We both hit ours this week. Um, the best way I can describe this game is um You know, I come from a actually Germanic background. Okay, the Greek thing, so everybody knows, is a complete joke. And uh, you know, we we try my family to be more by the book. You know, type type of situation. You know, like orderly. Um, and, And but sometimes. The crazy aunt or uncle, you know, <laughs> that comes over, it, like, spices things up maybe a little bit. Like, that that's how some of these Big Ten West games are. And I mean that in, like, honestly, glowing terms because, like, i, I it's entertaining. I mean, certainly my team is a part of a lot of them, too. Uh, but, like, in this game, it, you know, I've rewatched it today. I swear that 75% of the plays were either a turnover, a penalty, you know, or something was called back. Somebody getting there was injured. some kind of drama involved in all of it. I, I mean big plays that would happen that would come back, you know, uh 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 goal line stands that weren't, you know, or that scores that I, I mean it just had it all. I um, mean, for your analogy, you're talking about
1: the, the Big Ten, there's always one Big Ten West game every week that is the drunk uncle at the family reunion. Who doesn't love the drunk uncle exactly. at the family reunion who's yeah. gonna do something stupid to make an ass of themselves because then you look better yep. next to him? And they yep. look like a fool. It's great. It's perfect. And you all sit there and watch it. It's. Yes. It's. Like, there's one game every week, and this was the one, and it was great. Yeah. And I loved every second of it.
0: Your wife's like Carl's gonna be there, and inside you're <laughs> like, yeah, baby, <laughs> Carl's gonna be there. And I brought a couple extra shots of Fireball just to help <laughs> get him over the edge. You're damn right. <laughs> um, to kind of reset this game. I mean, honestly, Illinois came out looking great on their first drive. I mean, amazing run pass combo right down some the field. Great of your play call some good yep. plays. Yep. And then get all the way down goal line. I mean, first and goal from the one, four plays. Can or if it wasn't the one, it was the one, two, or three. I mean, it was right up near the goal line. Inside the five, right. Could not could not get on the on the first three plays. They go for it. I mean, there was two that I thought he was in. I'm not saying that they should have been reversed or whatever. I'm saying it looked like when you were watching it that he got in. They don't get it on fourth and goal, and and, and that's it. That, I mean, that was the highlight of the game by the Illinois offense and maybe the entire Illinois team in general. This staff from BTN's Dave Resonant, Illinois has scored 10 points total in the first quarter the entire year. That, that, that is insane. That is insane. Now, I want to quickly switch it over to, and we'll, we'll start here first, or kind of start here first. The Nebraska defense went back to being the Nebraska defense this week. They they were swarming and making things miserable for the Illini defense or Illini offense. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think
1: it's kind of like what I said. And the reason I felt this way: the best unit in this game was that Nebraska defense. I trusted that rushing defense. I think Vegas may have overreacted a little bit to what happened versus Michigan, and yes. we're seeing as the season goes. This Michigan team is maybe a little bit different than wow. what some of these other teams are and i mean it showed cuz nebraska was right back to where they've been with the yep. other uh the other four games besides the michigan game that they showed where this run defense is elite and they're good and they they're hit they're nasty this this looks like a more vintage nebraska defense yep. than what we've seen in years past
0: yeah um i mean vintage is you know we're going way back to Vintage D- Nebraska defense. Yes, but, I'm not but, talking yeah.
1: about Scott Frost Nebraska. I'm talking no. back in the better days.
0: Yeah, this is this is one of the. For some of our listeners, that's, this might be the best Nebraska defense of their life type of deal. Tony White deserves, entirely possible. 100%. Yep, Tony White deserves a ton of credit. And they had a lot of guys out. which was, was a yeah, concern were, when I started seeing the injury report. I was thinking, oh
1: shit, yeah, this is not good for my and, lot for
0: my line here. And but. the funny thing is, people were asking me, it "Was you know?" Because I think people look for a little gambling advice, you know, from us. And people were asking me, are, are you as confident in Nebraska as Jordan is? And I'm like, I, I picked him for a reason. I'm I'm not as confident. Why? Because of the injuries on on offense or on defense for Nebraska. But in the end, I mean, they just swarmed part of that and then switching over to Illinois' offense. It's in shambles, okay? This offense has no identity. And if it did, I don't know if it could play to its identity anyways. The offensive line is in the team picture for the worst offensive line in the Big Ten right now. Lukey Legs is running for his life. Um, 29 of 47, 289 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I mean, you almost got to want to give him credit for, you know, doing what he could. But the team rushing 19 carries for 21 yards, a 1.1-yard average. I mean, that's insane versus any division one power Correct. five
1: team that's insane
0: so so i mean honestly like i i see some people getting you know illinois fans getting upset at, at, at luke legs but like he's not getting put in a great spot right now and there's not exactly nope you know pat bryant looked good at times but like it's not like there's tight ends and running backs or receivers stepping up to help him help him out um switching to nebraska's gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of workshop something with you quarterback Heinrich Harburg, okay the passing stats 12 of 24 154 yards no touchdowns and a pick but the rushing 18 carries 82 yards 4.6 yard average okay you know how back in the day they used to call a running back a halfback okay mm-hmm. yeah I, I i'm i'm thinking he's either a quarter halfback or a half quarterback there's some fun stuff right cuz he's he's the So best is he, running a, is he back. like a so he's a diamond and a nickel or like, what, what are we looking at here? Like I, I don't know, but it works. Cause you got the fun quarter and a half thing. And some, some Nebraska fans think he's half a quarterback, you know, the way he throws the ball, but he gets well, the job done. And I want to just say, I mean this, I'm trying to have fun here. Okay. I'm not trying to make fun of the kid because he is a tough hombre, man. He absolutely. Brings, and we're, we're halfway through the season. He's been doing this since like week three or four or whatever, like, Week I'm three. just now they go into idle week. Like you know, I I don't think a quarterback can 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 uh uh withstand that beating a whole season. But maybe this guy can because he just brings it to him, pops up. He's got my respect just for, from the toughness factor alone. Well, I I have another theory or idea or concept. Maybe you mentioned Nebraska
1: going into their idle week, and we're on. We're both on the same train. That Harburg is a quarterback going forward. That needs to be the case. Yep. Why not? You got half a quarterback. Why don't you put both of them out at the same time? Put Sims and Harburg next to each other in the backfield. Both of them have the threat to throw it. Both of them have the threat to run it. What do you have to lose on your offense right now?
0: I I tell you what, it sounds fun to me. Um, I could see it. Uh, Satterfield taking some slings and arrows, but you at least got to give him some credit for trying whatever it takes. This isn't the offense. He was signed up to run. Uh, No better time to implement something than your idle week. Give yeah, it a try. um another reason too they're losing receivers again Marcus Washington went out of this game don't look good I mean we don't know yet uh Thomas Fedoni is obviously the number one threat uh Billy Camp I, I like calling him bK4 now he's wearing number one so I guess he's bK1 um but the, 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 the Billy Camp the fourth um uh but long story short uh uh th- like there's option there's not a ton of options for Heinrich Harburg it seems like he essentially has to become the rushing attack along with throwing the ball. I I don't know. Like I I see Nebraska fans kind of chewing on him. I, I think all things considered he's doing a pretty good job. I don't know. That's my thoughts. I mean, they're,
1: they're winning games with him at quarterback and that's the most important
0: thing. So why not? Um, and then on the other side, uh, back to Illinois defense, it looks fine, you know, mostly because Nebraska's offense is limited. They lost another stud along the defensive line. I mean that that that's a huge loss for Illinois. I don't know, man. This all around, like now you're doing uh, side or uh, sideline shots of Brett Buhlma. You've got the confused beetle face. You know, driving Illinois. It's it's off. Like like I I will get to our power rankings. I have I have them last. I this is a rudderless ship. I feel like I've never been as wrong on a team as I was with Illinois coming into the year. And, and I don't know. I got I don't got a ton of great things I, to say. Yeah,
1: I tried talking
0: you off the of wagon a lot earlier than you did. So got off eventually, though. Yeah. Uh with the win, Nebraska goes into their Idle week at three and three. Um, it seemed to us that uh Matt Rule like put all his chips into the center of the table to win this game and go to the idle week feeling good. You gotta say it off. They yep, paid off, have right? To. Okay. And with the loss, Illinois drops to an extremely disappointing two and four. Moving into Saturday, October 7th, we had five games. Once again, we're going to skip one or one of the early ones and save it for last. So we will go to this one. First, Wisconsin 24 Rutgers 13. The Badgers with 358 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 275. Okay. I want to be clear. All right. Wisconsin is the better team, deserve to win this game. Yep. Holy shit though. 99 yard pick sixes at the goal line is the most it is the most destructive play in football, college football, and I would throw out all of sports. When when you you know they're at the goal line, I think it was second down. They 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 score a touchdown here. It's a 10-7 game. Even if they just kick a field goal, it's a 10 to three game. Right. Pick six, 99 yards, 17 nothing, Wisconsin. That was the play of the weekend as far as a singular play that shaped an entire game. Yep. I couldn't agree
1: more. And you could see it in that Nebraska team. Like that pick six happened and it was just like all the energy left and they were so flat for so long. Now I'll give them credit. They fought back. They stayed plucky. They stayed in the game. They could have got run out of the building agree. Agree. after that. And they didn't. Again, that speaks to Greg Schiano. That speaks agree. to this team. I'm still on that Rutgers bandwagon. I still think this is a good team. I've I said on the preview that this is a hard environment to go into and win in Madison for any team, let alone a Rutgers team that's learning how to be successful like this. And the one thing we both called out for this game was turnovers. You yep. can't have turnovers and pull this upset. It just happened to be that that one big turnover was so backbreaking in this game.
0: Agree. Um, I mean, Gavin Wimset, besides that, not awful. 16 of 3,580. One yards, got a touchdown. Of course, we went over the pick. Evan Simon came in, two or three, 30 yards. He threw a touchdown. But team rushing, this is maybe the most baffling stat, right? I mean, Jordan's kind of nodding his head at me. 22 carries for 64 yards, only a 2.9-yard average. So we talked uh, last uh, on the Wednesday pod that teams that can throw downfield are actually the teams that match up better against Wisconsin. And we knew Rutgers is not the team to throw downfield, okay? But I didn't expect this. I didn't expect uh Rutgers to have this much issues running the ball. That's why the offense was basically going nowhere for most of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, they they looked rudderless like you said yeah. for a while. It just it seemed like they couldn't find anything. And this is a Russian attack. I mean, Kyle guy. I mean, they've been he's been our guy all year only what was
0: it eight, eight carries 16 yards For 16 yeah. yards like i mean they basically they gave up on the rushing attack i mean yeah 22 I mean, carries
1: yep but at some point a guy that talented okay sure you're not it's not straight handoffs but you get him in the screen game I get know. him in the quick pass game he's too talented of a player to only get eight touches like yep. you're not your best players have got to win you these games and eight touches it's, it's just not going to get it done
0: yeah, so shout out to Wisconsin's defense. Maybe coming out of the Idle Week, got a few more things figured out. I don't know if it was just a matchup, Rutgers offense thing, but it's something to look to look out for. Switching to the Badger offense, you know, 358 yards of total offense versus this Rutgers defense is impressive, but, like, it just sure seems like Wisconsin is, I don't want to say regressing, but you're still Wisconsin, okay? Because, like, you look at the passing stats uh, Taylor Mordecai, 17 of 31 for 145 yards. One touchdown, no pick, so good on him. You know, they controlled the turnover. But the team rushing, 46 carries, 213 yards, a 4.6-yard average. Brailing out, 101 yards and a touchdown. I mean, if if I was transported into 2023 from two years ago and I did not know that there was a coaching change at Wisconsin, I would look at this and say, well, yeah, that's – so it's – I don't know, like what – are we still waiting for this switch to happen with the with the throw game? I don't know. I think
1: it, it, I think it's it's a little bit of both because it's hard to take what this Wisconsin team has been for thirty years, right, and completely throw it out the window in one off season and be. Come something totally different. We saw shades of it early in the year, where they and I mean, still thirty one passes attempts. That's that's more than what traditional Wisconsin teams would be. But at the end of the day, your personnel just has to dictate what you're going to do. And I think this Wisconsin personnel still says we're best at lining up and running the ball, especially when you got a guy like Braylon Allen. Yep. I mean, you you like we said, the best players have to win these games. It's clear he's one of their best players. Yeah. And I think Luke Fickle is a good enough and smart enough coach that he understands. I want to win, and maybe this isn't the way I want to do it next year or two years, three years down the road. But for 2023, Correct. this is how I'm going to win games in a Big Ten West that is very open and is ours for the taking right now.
0: I'm with you, man. Good on you for bringing it up. Like, the coaching staff deserves credit for still yeah. doing what works. Like, like just scratch where it is, okay? So, uh, uh, good on them. Braylon Allen, by the way. Got dinged up at one point in this game. Got got the retape. I swear that never works. But he came in looking better after the retape. Jackson Acker, couple good carries. He looks good. I mean, they're still thin at running back, but this is still what they're leaning on. Will Pauling, good good game. Eight catches, sixty eight yards. Like there was again. There's moments where the passing attack looks a little encouraging and explosive. But you know, at seventeen for thirty one, when you want to focus on the passing attack. I don't know. You know, I don't think that's what that's exactly what they want it to look like. And I, I, mostly I'm, I'm continually curious to see how this plays out. You know, they're not quite to the halfway point of their season. Like, How are they going to keep working this and at the same time trying to get to Indianapolis? You know, their first year. It's 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 still an intriguing story to me with Wisconsin. Next,
1: next next week is another big chapter in that story for this team. Uh, Yeah. And somebody else on the other side of this podcast, I have a feeling.
0: It it is. With the win, Wisconsin moves to four and one. With the loss, Rutgers falls to four and two, but it's not just Jordan or me on the Big Ten network as well. Everybody is saying the same thing. Okay. They're four and two. But this Rutgers team is better than certainly the Rutgers teams that that predated it the last couple of years. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail. Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky. Raised in California, moving in to the afternoon. Northwestern 23. Howard 20. The Wildcats with 312 yards of total offense to the Bisons 331. So a quick little game reset. This was only a 16 to 7 Northwestern lead late in the third quarter. They score a touchdown. So entering the fourth quarter it was 23-7. Okay. Kind of what little bit it's not crazy. Northwestern is not exactly a you know a world beater, but they fell apart after that. Two more touchdowns, winds up 23 to 20. I mean, I I don't know how much uh of like really a threat they were to ever lose this game, but um I when I predicted, I I predicted like 28 to 14, I think is what I predicted. I had one Northwestern fan took exception to that. Um it, it was it was worse. It was worse than that. It was a closer game. Northwestern was the better team, but you know, they're not good enough to take any series or quarters off.
1: Yeah, they, I mean they were I don't think they were like you said, there was never a moment where it felt like this game was in jeopardy. But and another thing is they, they're not a team that can afford all the injuries that they had. I mean, not only did uh Ben Bryant not play, AJ Henning didn't play. There, there are other guys that are yes. just out and a team like Northwestern, you need all of your players healthy to have everything working. You don't have the depth. To go to handle all those injuries. Right. And, and it showed. And I think what... late in this game, that's what happened. They got a little bit gassed, and some of these yep. guys don't have the experience. They got tired. But you know what? They got the win. Yep. That's
0: what matters at this point for this Northwestern team. And that's why I predicted it to be to look like this is because they had so many people out. Uh Ben Bryan, as you said, didn't play Brendan Sullivan. 13 of 18, 131 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. I mean, if you're coming in and filling out, that's good. Team rushing, eh, 46, 181 yards. That's a 3.9-yard average. Cam Porter looks good. I think the most glaring stat and something that is going to uh, peg them as we keep going forward, they allowed 36 carries for 162 yards. That's a 4.5-yard average with sacks included for an uh, FCS team that people don't think is very good. So when I go over the power rankings, these are some of the things I'm going to be hitting on. With that being said, Northwestern goes into their idol week at three and three. I mean, they've already hit their you season ask for a whole lot of, uh, us. I mean, like, and if they can improve on something like you, I think they're going to make a bowl. I do not. But the fact that we are in mid October and it's a somewhat plausible theory that Northwestern could make a bowl. Good on you, David Braun. That, that there's a few impressive. other games
1: on this schedule. of oh, yeah. Teams that aren't playing great for sure. If they get a good day. Yep.
0: You never make know. it. Happen. Make it could happen. It could happen. Next game up. Iowa 20, Purdue 14, the Hawks with 291 yards of total offense to the Boilers, 343 <laughs> this tweet from Austin J. Roberts. And Iowa moves to 5-0 and when scoring points this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. All right, you go ahead and start out. I'm curious what you say, then I'll, I'll jump in. Um,
1: I, I was a little disappointed in the Purdue offense. I I had a little higher expectation for him. Now, having said that, Hudson Card was running his life the whole game. I mean, he was under pressure nonstop, and uh, this Iowa defense is—it's well documented what it is. But I did I did just feel like going into this game that I thought Purdue would be able to move the ball a little bit more, and I was kind of disappointed in how little they
0: did. Yeah. Um, I, I as far as uh, Colin Heinrich Harburg, a tough hombre. We got another tough ombre here. I, I mean, Hudson Card had to be peeing a reddish hue uh, the next day. Like my yeah, gosh, you say six
1: six sacks, six and he that sacks. doesn't
0: count the number of times he got hit. Hit um, just staying in the game, let alone staying in the pocket and and still making plays. Um, I, I had a, I mean, one of the, the the two biggest reasons I picked Iowa to win this game was just. Kinnick coaching, you know, like brand new staff coming into Kinnick, and then I did feel good about Iowa's front seven going against this Purdue's offensive line. I didn't think it would look this bad, though. I mean that that was that was a beating up front that Purdue took, and then they lost their best offensive lineman late in this game too. That's going to be a tough one to recover from for Purdue just on that side of it. Um, but again, I, I Deb, and by the way, I mean team rushing. 40 carries, 96 yards, that's only a 2.4-yard average. But Devin Mockaby, 20 carries, 89 yards, touchdowns, so, you know, four-and-a-half-yard average just short. So like it, it looked good at times, but it was basically a drive at the end of the half and the end of the game. In between there, it was thoroughly dominated by Iowa's defense. Now on yep, the other 100%. side of that, the Iowa's offense dominated the Iowa's offense <laughs> yet again. I mean, I I, I, I mean Jordan, I, like you're just at this point as an Iowa fan where, and and then but then you, you know and obviously what I'm getting at is just the frustration seeing the same thing over and over again and and you know just the fresh, any time in life where you see the same mistakes happen over and over again. I got kids, right, where they make the same mistake over and over, it just drives you nuts. And you know that's maybe not the best you know comparison I can give. But then you look at the at the rushing st- stats for Iowa, thirty five carries, one hundred and eighty one yards, even with the sacks. That's a five point two yard average. That's good, you know. Like yep. the, the rushing attack was good. Caleb Johnson, very good in this game. He is officially a Boilermaker killer. killer. Uh, he had, a bit, he, had a, he had like two hundred yards last year.
1: I think. Oh, I mean, I think he was the biggest piece of that offense. Kim coming back, there was a little bit different step in there him. There was. He, used, he was hitting holes a lot quicker. I mean. I asked the question on the preview. I said, is the uh, cure for a bad Purdue defense the Iowa offense? And I I don't think so. I think that Purdue defense is just bad because, I mean, the Iowa offense wasn't setting the world on fire, but it was able to have success that we haven't really seen at a level we haven't really seen this year. I mean, the rushing alone, you saw a little bit out of Eric All. Five of the six catches <laughs> for 97 <laughs> yards and a touchdown.
0: So. With the other one going to Caleb Johnson. No, yeah. no, wide, no wide receivers caught balls. We, we're not interested in that. Uh, as the joke goes, these passing schemes are indefensible. It's just not the way that Iowa fans wish they were indefensible. Yeah. I mean, like, the, I, I will say this. There are times, like, the, there was a goal line play. I don't expect everybody to know this, but, like, the right play was called. The, the, the running back was absolutely wide-ass open out in the flat. He threw, like, the post or whatever, right? Yeah, and then there's two receivers in the same. I mean, it should have been picked off. It was a miracle that it was not. I mean, that was after, and I'm pretty sure, if I can remember correctly, that was after uh, um, Cooper DeGene almost had a pick six. It was it was the week of a pick six. Uh, we'll we we'll get into that more later. Um, and, and they get a field goal out of it. Thank God. Uh, but but So, do you sit there and you're like, there was a setup play that could have been a touchdown and Deacon Hill hit him? Or couldn't hit him, so like that is frustrating to Deacon Hill. Deacon Hill was was often awful in this game. I feel hor- horrible calling out kids, but th- it, he was awful. But after years and years of the quarterbacks getting switched out, at some point the blame has to go back on the staff, and 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 that's yeah, you that's where you, that's where you arrive as an Iowa fan.
1: You, you got to hit on somebody at some point, right? I mean, right. I mean, yeah, and it, that what, that play you're talking about, I saw it on Twitter. I don't remember who it was that shared it, but they, they basically made a point of saying that Purdue wasn't covering the backs out of the backfield the whole game. And should He was
0: alerted to. It's a great point. It, yeah. it,
1: it's like okay, so they picked up on a trend here where they're they're not they're not throwing to the running back, so we're not going to cover them. And yep. you're right, he was 100% wide open on that play
0: and the last thing i would say is this will probably make me my you know this will this is my fandom flaring out probably but i'm curious on your take if if i was passing attack is just marginal you know something like 12 of 19 for 170 yards and a touchdown I think Iowa wins this game by three touchdowns. Like, yeah, I, because like, then you can't you can't crash on all the run plays. You, it, hope
1: it loosens up the defense a little bit. Hundred and keeps
0: and keeps the defense off the field so that they don't get extra possessions at the end of the first half and end of the game. But in the end, <laughs> Iowa wins the game and moves to five and one. And I think if I'm correct off the top of my head, Iowa's five and one. I think they're either three and two or four and one versus the spread or five or. Uh, four and two or five and one versus the spread, like they so covered, have this, told they me covered that, this week. So. Right? so, if you'd have told me, if the only thing you knew is that I went into Madison five and one with covering all but one or two games of the spread, you would assume things are looking great, right? Yep, something That's like good. that. You have to, right? Ugh, with the loss, Purdue drops to a pretty darn disappointing two and four. Moving into our only evening game on Saturday, Michigan 52. Minnesota ten, Michigan with four hundred thirty two yards of of total offense to the Gophers one hundred and sixty nine. This was easy money. Only thing I'm mad at myself, Jordan. I mean, we Jordan was heat checking me. He was like, "Are (laughs) are you? You know, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing, or am I just looking at things through a blue and maize colored glasses?" And I said, "No, Jordan, this is what I'm seeing too." I I there was a couple different plays I had in this game. They they hit with relative ease, and this is going to be essentially my message that I'm going to have keep going moving forward. Hey, Iowa fans versus Penn State. Hey, Nebraska fans versus Michigan. Hey, Minnesota fans right now versus Michigan. Just just toss these games away versus the Big Three. TM like they they, they basically are meaningless to me, Jordan. It just they're completely different weight classes. And by the way, you know, Michigan, Penn State, probably Ohio State, they're going to do this to a lot of teams that aren't just in the Big Ten West, right? It's just oh, yeah. those three three teams are on a whole different plane right now. It it sucks, but until they start playing each other, there is largely just meaningless games for Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State to play. I don't know what to say.
1: Yeah, there was a graphic on the on... – during the game for Michigan, their next three opponents are six and nine or something right. like that. Their last three opponents are fifteen and one. So wow. it's like, yeah, their it's season get, it's starts getting worse. Right. Their, yeah, their season starts in November essentially. I mean, it is and, what it is for Michigan.
0: And I had a thought, you know, partway through the Minnesota game. By partway, I mean partway through the second quarter where I'm like, if I'm Jordan, the only thing I'm thinking about is health. Like that's, yeah. that is your number one stress is just keeping, <laughs> you may have, a, you may
1: have expressed that on a JJ McCarthy touchdown run when he lowered his throwing shoulder. That, don't you think that's stupid defender? Oh, think, I mean, like, it is.
0: Okay. I mean, it's I know, 100%. I know you, you know, you can't take the the bite out of the dog, the D a W G. What's it stand for? Oh, you remember that? Oh, uh, I can't remember what okay. it was. But bad bad podcast yeah bad podcasting um uh, but anyways like yeah keep keep them healthy uh n- another thing to throw at this i don't know what the third quarter stats were but i think i heard something like 134 to 5 that was the stats between michigan and, and minnesota in this game um and then before we forget to say it, that's a little brown jug so sticks in uh that stays in michigan again minnesota hasn't beat michigan at home since 1977 i guarantee you there was a lot of people listening to this podcast that weren't alive since the last time that happened Who's one of the guys, yeah including one of the guys i'm recording <laughs> of the co-hosts. do you have the dawg uh acronym? i couldn't no, i, I okay. couldn't find it i was right. looking. all right real quick i'm not going to go through all these line by line but i did predict i did predicted lines for Michigan, because again, we felt like we knew exactly how this game was gonna go. I predicted JJ McCarthy 14 of 19, he was 14 of 20. That's how close I was on that one. And I predicted 201 yards, he had 219. I almost nailed I almost nailed JJ, and then on the ground, I predicted three carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. He had four carries, 17 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh Blake Corum, I said 81 yards, he had 69. Roman Wilson, I said 58 yards, he had 56. I mean, I'm getting pretty close here to some of these. And then I predicted the rushing at 46 carries for 221 yards, 33 carries for 191 yards. So uh, that was not bad. I mean, at and, and basement, I'm getting at here, I knew what this game was going to look like. This And, and that's how it looked. It just kind of went down. It, it, I mean, it extra, extra scoring, extra scoring at the end.
1: I wasn't expecting that. Sure. Well, but I mean, again, that goes back into what we've said part of the theme was this week the pick sixes. I mean, Michigan's defense has now scored more receiving touchdowns than they've allowed. That was the two pick sixes in this game, give them three pick sixes on the year. They've only allowed two passing touchdowns all year. And, and so, if, I mean,
0: and if, and in some string theory world, if Michigan kept their starters out for all for all of these games, the stats would even somehow be better, you know, because a lot of this is coming against, it ain't just second tier, it's like third and fourth string guys. So I mean, they, there
1: was another stat that came out about the Michigan offense that outside of offensive linemen, a starter, starters have only taken like nine snaps in the fourth quarter. Okay. excluding offensive linemen because some of the offensive linemen have played into the fourth quarter longer. But, yep. like, J.J. McCarthy hasn't taken a snap in the fourth quarter. Roman
0: Wilson hasn't taken a snap in the fourth quarter. Like, yep. Blake Corp- and, and I tell you what, going back real quick to J.J. McCarthy, um, stats 14 to twenty-two hundred nineteen 219 yards, uh, touchdown throwing two touchdowns uh, – or, yeah, touchdown throwing two touchdowns on the ground, so three touchdowns total. I saw a Michigan fan throw out, and it's a question that I had been thinking for the last couple weeks. Like, if he keeps having these stat lines – where he's extremely efficient, but he's just not putting up a ton of yards and touchdowns because he's literally not in the game, but Michigan just keeps steamrolling everybody. Will he be a Heisman contender? I'm not just saying this because you're on the other side of the screen. I hope he would be simply because people would recognize how efficient you'll, you'll love the quote from my brother, Darren, the American, he said, Michigan is ruthlessly efficient. And that's what, it is both sides of the ball. You can't play in the third and fourth quarter. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know it, I mean,
1: the, the Heisman conversation comes down to whether the voters look at stat based or is it the best player on the best team type of yep. award? Because if it's best player, best team, that's where JJ gets the argument. But I mean, I don't wanna I don't wanna take all this onto Michigan because I mean there were some things that that, that Minnesota rushing attack it's early good. on in that game, thank you, they were moving the ball. They they the were out, dashing this Michigan defense. Now I noticed a few tendencies that they were going to. They would they would motion and there was a lot of outside outside zone stretch plays that they were running. Jesse Minter sniffed that out in the second half and they adjustment. made an adjustment by rolling that safety down instead of chasing him across. They were they were running with that motion man. Instead, they rolled the safety over and that completely took away that outside zone. So good on the Michigan coaching staff there, but early on in that game, yep. Minnesota had something going, and I was I, I was a little sweaty there. I was like, hey, yeah. if we can't slow
0: this rundown, this game's going to get in the mud, and that's not a good situation. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't sweaty for the game win-loss. I was sweaty for uh, what I financially had invested in it. I thought maybe <laughs> Michigan was going to move the ball enough to shorten the game and keep it closer. But like you said, and the team rushing stats didn't wind up looking good, 39 for 117 yards uh 3.2 uh, uh, th- uh 3 yard average but mostly that was because Ethan Manis was just getting absolutely destroyed 5 of 13 yeah, well, for 52 yards one touchdown two pick sixes um Daniel Jackson uh had had the that that miraculous touchdown at the end of the half I don't know how Michigan there's some good stuff that got put on film for this um uh and then Zach Evans uh it seemed like he had more yards in the game he only wound up with 45 So good on you, Minnesota, for coming out and having a couple things that were working. But in the end, adjustments made, game over.
1: That, I mean, and it's another trend. I mean, the success that Minnesota's rushing attack had. Kaliak Manis, I mean, he had no time. There was so many snaps.
0: I saw people chewing out Ethan Kaliak Manis online. And it's like, guys. N- nobody is playing quarterback well in this situation. You know, it's like no.
1: I mean, there were there were times where he snapped the ball and there was a defender him. in his face in the blink of an eye. It was and who was, it was impressive honestly. and who was that
0: defender most of the time? <laughs> it was the newly clubbed up Mason
1: Graham. Yeah. He just came first game
0: back with a broken hand, and
1: the, all the traditional Big Ten fans have to love the giant club on the hand. Yeah. And he's still yeah. out there wreaking havoc. So
0: yeah, captain uh, Captain Club had some uh, fresh legs, man, and it's absolutely showed. with the loss. Minnesota falls to three and three with the win Michigan moves to six and oh so I told you I had a little bit of something here's here's my little bit of something for you okay I swear I'm not just saying I swear I'm not just saying this I would I would be saying these same things if I wasn't recording with a Michigan person but I see a lot of people saying is Michigan this good or are these teams just this bad okay so I just I randomly I went right to Alabama 2018 right and I just looked up their schedule okay They played Arkansas. They beat them 65 to 31. They beat Ole Miss 62 to seven. They beat LSU 29 to nothing. Mississippi State 24 to nothing. Did we say all of these teams they played were bad? Or was everybody just saying Michigan or uh, uh, Alabama is that good? Of course, almost everybody was just saying Alabama is that good. Why is it that Michigan? It just isn't that good. Like, why is everybody questioning it? I would understand it, Jordan, if this is the first time we've seen this out in Michigan, you know, for a long time. But this is what Michigan has looked like essentially 2021, 22, and 23. Like, people, this is a senior and talented team that isn't crushing people. That's what's going on. I'm I, i, I I'm saying it so you don't have to. That's That's my take. I mean – I'm, I'm going to take it.
1: Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to get too far ahead of what this Michigan team is right now, but let's just uh, – the one thing I'll say is this team hasn't lost a conference game since 2021 at Michigan
0: State. That's a that's the again, last not, conference loss. This isn't a to. new – it's not a new phenomenon is what I'm saying. It's just a senior team that has kicked it up a notch. I think it seems pretty obvious, but, hey, that's just me. And that brings us to the Big Ten game of the week, Ohio State 37 Maryland, 17, hit my amateur lock of the week, barely keeping that under 58. But that game should have been way under 58 the whole time. It was just like goofy stuff where points were on the board. Buckeyes with 382 yards of total offense to the Terps, 302. Quick little reset here. Um, Okay. Real quick, Terps up ten nothing in this game. In a blink. In a blink. Uh, goofy, weird. It wasn't actually a fake. It was just a poorly executed punt. Yeah, uh, I don't know about that. I can't make up my mind. That got... snap was. If that's a
1: bad snap, that is the worst snap in punting history. And I'm on the other end of one of the worst snaps in punting history. And I'm saying that it was, was right. horrible. Like, I how I think they were trying to fake it, and they're spinning that because it didn't work.
0: Maybe that's okay. the Michigan
1: bias in me, but could that be, snap be. looked like it was supposed to go to that guy.
0: It was bad. Either It way, was a shitty one, snap either way, win. but I yeah. think it
1: was supposed to go to that up back. That's my personal thought. Ooh, I that was
0: weird. Um, so that's 10-0 right there. But then it's 10-10 at half, okay? Uh, horrific pick six. We will talk about that. Now, pretty quick, and, and by the way, a horrific end of the half for Leah. There, there was some stuff that, that, that is on film for both of these teams. Now, this is my point I'm trying to make. When it, I never was worried. At the first half, when it got to 17 to 10 in the third quarter, that's the first time where I was like, rut roll. Uh, These Maryland fans that have been torching my ass all year long, they might wind (laughs) up being correct and making me look silly here. However, 27 unanswered points for the Buckeyes final score, 37 to 17. Ohio state, definitely the better team. Maryland Came more prepared to play this game, so basically one take would be right. But once Ohio State woke up, it crushed them. It's kind of hard to fight that narrative if that's the narrative you want to you want to go with it uh, for this. Well,
1: I mean, you can say that, but if that's the case, you run the ball with a little more success than what Ohio State did. That I mean, look at it; they had thirty-three carries for only sixty-two yards. Okay. A lot of the plays that they hit were freaks being freaks. Marvin Harrison just going off and being the best player on the field. Kyle McCord making great throws. I don't – I will tell you this much. I went into this game with questions about both teams. I walked out of this game with more questions about both teams than I had going in because I don't okay. know that either team in this game proved to me what they are on either end, I don't think Maryland is as bad as what this outcome came out, and I don't know that Ohio State is as good as this outcome came out. Okay, and I'm the Ohio State part of that. I'm
0: strictly saying because they can't run the ball. I agree with the Maryland part. I don't know. I'm quite as harsh on the Ohio State part. That that might be your Michigan blood coming through a little bit. But one thing that Michigan. Ohio State, any fans are talking about, is the lack of punch from that Ohio State offensive line the rushing attack. There's there's no way to hide that right now. So I said in this game that I thought Ohio State should come out with more of a grounded pound ball control. I'm not so sure if they didn't try to do just that, Jordan. They, they just couldn't pull it off And, and against Maryland. And I, I'm not saying Maryland has got a bad defense. I think this Maryland defense is better than people give it credit for. But your Ohio State, if you want to move, if you want to move the ball on the ground, you should be able to do that. They they couldn't do it. It's going to be a concern, and 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 then and I and I, hate, I I do feel like I, I'm self conscious of the fact that I feel like we immediately nitpick Ohio State. Okay, it is partly because of the the nature of being Ohio State, Michigan, and, and I was going to say it's the standard. I mean, it's... it is, and Ohio State fans expect that from Ohio State. So sure. I I hope they can at least somewhat see it from our point of view, because there are some other things I want to bring up too that are, they're you know very positive because another thing that doesn't look great is Kyle McCord early in games. Like he takes a long time. It seems like to settle in uh, uh, Ryan day was pissed at halftime on the offense, which he, he should have been. Um, and, and it did pop out and look better. And how did it look better? I mean, you kind of already said it. They basically took Yolo shots. I mean, that's, that's what it was to me. They're like, we're gonna get one of our frisbee catching dogs down the field. We're gonna to toss it up to him. They weren't even good throws. It was Marvin Harrison and some right. receivers see, but, but coming. But that's what I'm. I understand. I understand. That's but what that's I'm what, saying.
1: Like so much of what they did to pull away in this game is that being a good offense, or was that saying we ain't got a whole lot right now? We're gonna throw it to the guy. We got this one but alien. They, but out those there. guys
0: aren't going anywhere. Is my point. The, but I'm frisbee- saying when the
1: competition steps up.
0: Because you're there's two more get, games,
1: you're still going to get these guys singled
0: up, and they're mm-hmm. going to be a mismatch for any. I'm defense. curious.
1: I'm curious. Well, this, I'm, I got a lot of questions. They I have do. things I'm, to hey, work
0: on. Don't get me wrong. But that's the Michigan fan. That could be. I mean, but kay. I got questions. I would love to. Here, here, here's one thing that I would have to say: <laughs> Terps coming into this game averaging 38.6 points per game, 17 points. That the, the the Ohio State defense deserves zero yep. amount of of the fire coming from Twitter or anything else. Like. That's as good as you can expect that defense to play. And you want to know another reason why? They were out on the field a lot because their offense was sputtering so much. So, like, this was a Jim Knowles. Like, I still feel like people chew on Jim Knowles. Like, this defense looks a lot better. So, give that side of the ball credit. They scored a they scored a touchdown in this game. I mean, that that game, that play kind of saved the entire first half, and who knows how much it saved the game, you know? So oh, like, the Momentum
1: was fully on Maryland's side when that happened. Fully yeah. on Maryland's side. Yeah, the questions um, the, the questions that I've raised about the Ohio State offense, other side of that defense, they are eliminating some of those questions. I questioned their edge rushers and being able to get pressure. I think that was the number one factor in this game because both picks that Leah threw, he had yes. dudes on him right now and didn't have time to throw it. So, Correct. to me, the, the JTTs and that defensive front, the front – I don't want to say front seven because I think some of the linebackers were a little in this game, but the pressure that they were able to get to me was the
0: difference in this game. By the way, I just want to say Cal McCord, 19 of 29, 329 yards, two touchdowns and no pick. For a guy that we are chewing apart, that's a pretty darn good stat line. Um, Now, going to the other side, um, Maryland proved to me that they were a good team. I, I was joking on Twitter when it was 10 to nothing or maybe it was 17 to 10. Has a team ever gone from unranked to top 10? I don't know if it's ever <laughs> happened, but you would have had to have questioned. Like, let's say they pulled the game out. I, you know, it didn't happen, but and, and Maryland, I was, I was, I would be very impressed and happy if I'm a Maryland fan on how good my team held up along the lines. I thought both lines looked like they deserved to be in this game. Certainly the Maryland offensive line had some rough, moments, at least, at least but, some to be desired. Right. But like, overall the physicality was not swung one way or the other is, is mostly what I'm trying to say but you I am disappointed in one player if I'm a Maryland fan and I think it's pretty obvious Leah Tung of Iola is a super senior he's been doing it forever stat line not great 21 of 41 196 yards one touchdown two picks the pick six was awful the pick in the second half can't throw that. And then yet somehow dumbest play he makes dumping it down. But at the end of the half, the the, the clock runs out. They can't kick the field goal. I'm also putting that on locks. I, I Why oh, is sure. that? Why is that even a route that's available? That ball either is going near or back the, the out of the end zone or nowhere like just like yeah. that shouldn't even be you gotta announced. know the
1: time you gotta know the you gotta know your situations there that's yeah
0: so it was just overall play like that that in the end like I've seen some Maryland fans say same old Maryland. I don't completely buy that. I do think that uh, you you uh, this is a, no, I agree this is a little bit better Maryland team than even last year, certainly the year before that it's it's just tough to go into the horseshoe and get a win. That's that's and that's I, well, why I it's... predicted Ohio State to win the game, but Maryland to cover. You know, and that's how it should have been. That stupid field goal <laughs> idea killed me. But like you know, th- this was the game I was expecting with just a little bit different twists on you know uh, uh, Ohio State not being able to run the ball.
1: Yeah, I mean, I said it before or earlier. Um, I I don't think Maryland is as bad as what this result ended up. No. I think there was three to four really bad plays that really swung this game where if you could go back and completely change those around the complete complex, the complexion of this game changes, totally changes. Yep. immensely. I mean, I, like I said, I don't think Maryland's a bad team by any means because they lost by 20 on the road to a top five team. Like I just, I just don't, I think and, they're a good team. I think this team can still easily win 10 games this year.
0: Yes. And, and thank you for pointing out. I think that was a note. I was, I would have forgot to say, because there was a couple Maryland fans that I've talked to and I've said, listen, Maybe you're gonna go nine and three and win a nice bowl game and go ten and three. We that's a good year. I I, I know it's not as what, but ten ten and three seasons are fun. You you get there's a lot Saturdays of teams that would you, trade for that exactly. in a second. So if, if that's where they get to, I, I think that's awesome. With the loss, Maryland drops to five and one, as Gus Johnson said before the game. If they were in the FTC, they'd be ranked. Which was, which was wrong. a wrong. With the win, Ohio State moves to five and oh. All right. First uh post breakdown up weekly Eisman. What do you got, Jordan? So we we had a
1: we had a theme that we talked about, all the pick sixes. We had four pick sixes this week. So on in honor of that, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna give all four guys a shout out. So you got Josh Proctor, Will Johnson, Keon Sabin, Ricardo Holman, all pick sixes, all Three out of the four, I would say, were extremely influential in the outcomes of their games. Yeah. SABS is kind of late in the game, not as yep. big,
0: but the all four. I just want to say, Cooper DeGene, five yards away from a pick six as well. <laughs> they, hey, got, you yes. got to finish
1: it. You got to get him. got to get him. Yep. Um, Mason Graham for Michigan. I mean, stat line doesn't show it, but a couple sacks, and he was just, he was wreaking havoc on that gopher for offensive line.
0: You, yeah, real quick. Old old school here. Uh, did you play Tecmo Super Bowl, the, the video game oh, yeah. back in the day? Yep. Do you remember where you could do the illegal Jerry Ball slide where if you dove quickly oh. at the end, that's yes. that's, what, that's what that's what Captain Club looked like at that game. It was <laughs> it was impressive.
1: Yeah. Uh and then the IO game, we had two guys we wanted to mention Caleb Johnson, 17 carries, 134 yards, two touchdowns. That Iowa offense, you take you love to see that. They need to see that. Eric all had of the catches in the game for Iowa. So, five catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. We we mentioned Kyle McCord. Good numbers, especially later in that game. But the Eisman this week has to go to Marvin Harrison Jr. Eight catches, 163 yards and a touchdown. The one touchdown isn't the big thing. It's how much he completely took that game over in the second half. I mean, he single-handedly willed that offense – to that win it was, i mean he was the best player on the field and yep. he should know so that is our week six eisman goes to marvin harrison jr of that school down south yeah
0: well and that's why i'm giggling because uh uh <clears throat> essentially jordan and i we kind of throw the eismans at each other and jordan kind of you know that's his thing he kind of does the final decision he was like I I don't know. It was either Caleb Johnson or Marvin Harrison. And I'm like, dude, it's, it's obviously Marvin Harrison. I think that was your, your, your Michigan. I tried to talk. I tried to talk it in a different direction, but at the end of the day, you got to give the award where it belongs. (laughs) All right. Last little segment that we have on our Sunday podcast, my uh, weekly power rankings, not much has changed again. uh, One, two, three, Michigan, Penn state, Ohio state. Now we have a line that Maryland is in the line with a couple other teams. So I got Maryland four, Wisconsin five, had some Badger fans mad that they should be in front of Maryland. Maybe, possibly, but, you know, I, those two are really close to each other. Six and seven, I got Iowa and Rutgers. They essentially switch spots. All of those teams, though, either have one or two losses. Okay, Rutgers is the four and two team. They played a tougher schedule. That's why they have the extra loss. Those and And, and this is the one pause I would have here. I understand that Team 11 could possibly beat Team 5, okay, or 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 4. Like, people keep saying that to me. that They're like, come on, man. These teams are so close. I don't disagree. I agree that a lot of teams in Tier 3 could beat teams in Tier 2. But we're halfway through the season, folks. At some point, the wins and losses need to matter. Otherwise, why in the heck are we doing this?
1: And this is a power ranking, so it's a look at where we're at
0: right now. Now this is not yes. a predictive. This is where they're going to be. This is where they're at right now. Well, I agree with that. There is one team that I'm doing a bit of predictive stuff with, uh, because they're the hardest team to rank right now. So now moving to the literal bottom half of, of the because it breaks right at seven here. At eight, I have Minnesota, nine, Nebraska, ten, Michigan State, eleven Purdue, twelve Northwestern. Okay. I got I heard from Minnesota fans. How can you have Minnesota 8th? Who am I putting over Minnesota is what I keep asking people. Nebraska, same record but they beat them head to head. Michigan State, they've they've lost 3 in a row. They're 2 and 3. Purdue, they've they're they're not exactly looking good right now. Northwestern. Okay, all right. I have them down at 12. I have to take some things into account, which is the two wins they've had are against really bad teams. And this is talking at two sides of my mouth a little bit, but I still don't know how to Minnesota lost that game to Northwestern. Like Minnesota controlled that game through three quarters. Yes, I do consider it a bit fluky. Do you think I'm crazy? Or cause some people no. have seen with no. their powering because they have Northwestern much higher, but I look at the rushing yards that Northwestern is giving up and the general toughness it is for them to control games i don't see them winning tons of games down the stretch so this is the one predictive part of where i have northwestern at 12. but at the same time with a power ranking who you beat and how you beat them
1: matters i think it does you know that 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 does come into consideration and when you beat a
0: howard team by three at home that does matter so yes uh and then the last tier teams 13 and 14 13 indiana who moved up this week a lot of the joke was one of the best <laughs> rivalries was Indiana versus the idle week. It, it worked for them. I, I had moved them up. Why I've got Illinois last. I think, last, you, have, I, I think I, you have to, they they are, they are free falling and they just lost their best player on defense. Like they have no answers up front on. A, I don't, I don't know. It's, I don't baffling. disagree with it. I, I think
1: you're right. I think you have to
0: Illinois fan. And there was even an Illinois fan that came to my defense saying, no, you know, like th- this is what we see. Illinois fans are ready for the round ball pretty quick here. I mean, it's ironic that the two teams on the bottom are, you know, look, look looking for the winter sports is what we should say. <laughs> exactly. right so. I I don't have a whole lot of disagreements with that. I think you're pretty close again this week. The only team thank you. The only team is that that was admittedly tough for me is Northwestern, but mm-hmm. we will we will see how that goes. All right, big man. I think that pretty much wraps it up. Unless you got, I anything... found the yeah. Jim Harbaugh quote. <laughs> we'll get the dog, the D A W G. So,
1: yeah, so those of you that didn't see it, he said, says the young people say, he's got a little dog in. D A W G. Disciplined athlete with grit. That's so stupid. <laughs> it's what Jim Harbaugh thinks the dog stands for. So, oh, God. Again, it goes back to do pe- people think it's all a game or is it genuine? You no, know, I,
0: I think, I think, I that, think he's just that—he's like, that drunk that uncle weird. at the
1: family reunion. <laughs> he, you know, he, he
0: is. Actually, you know what? He's the sober uncle that's still somehow weird. <laughs> he doesn't need to
1: be drunk. That's very true. I am Jeffrey so, the Greek. I am Jordan. Don't forget
0: to ask for Amador. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. we can talk to you soon.